Hello, my name is Ohama, and I live on a potato farm in Western Canada. CGSW 90.9 FM Calgary, broadcasting to potato farms all over. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of Rave Dad's Diary with someone different. If you haven't been able to tell yet, this is a slightly different voice. It's not Paul Brooks. My name is Soda Vine, and I am going to be filling in this week for Mr. Paul Brooks, who is out spending some well-earned family time. This show is being broadcast on CJSWFM which is at the University of Calgary campus in Calgary, Alberta, Canada on Treaty 7 land. This week's show is quite exciting. I've got one of my great friends, Rishab Saxena, all the way from Toronto. He's a tech house, deep house producer, great guy, very plugged into the scene. He's going to be telling us about things that he's been up to, his career, some stories, and just his music. What's really interesting about Rishab is that he is a software engineer. He went to school for software engineering, graduated, worked as a developer, as a software engineer for many years while doing music. And it's interesting because dance music is so technical, it has so many intricacies, and that software engineering background or just engineering background really shines in Rishab's music. So let's head over right now to that interview pre-recorded via Zoom right here, Rave Dad's Diary, 90.9 CJSWFM. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this exclusive interview. I am so excited to be introducing my friend Rishab all the way from Toronto. He is a very gifted producer within the dance music sphere. Uh, And before I let him get on and tell us a little bit about himself, I'm actually going to tell you guys how I met Rishab. I met him at a party. Not a normal party. This was an Indian community party in Calgary with our parents. And we were a bunch of the kids kind of hanging around uh, <laughs> having our Indian food, and we just hit it off, talking about dance music, and now we're here. So, Rishab, welcome. Yeah, to everybody who doesn't know what Indian parties are like, the kids always isolate themselves in the room because we're so bored of the adults talking about adult stuff. And it, I couldn't have guessed in a million years that I would find someone who was into electronic music in an Indian dance party. Usually we just talk about lame stuff and like I go home, glad that I have a home where I can just go and listen to my music. <laughs> yeah, it's so but yeah, I'm glad to have met you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy you are here. Um, so a little bit about Rish. Rish produces house music, so tech house and deep house music. Um and you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to let Rish tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so I have two aliases. I have Crimson and I have Rish. With Crimson, I explore more of a, uh, a spectrum of music, and I divide the spectrum into colors. And these colors also are associated with personality types. There are four colors that represent four major personality types, red, green, blue, and yellow. 
starts with the chill side with blue, uh, which is introverted thinking, goes to green, which is introverted feeling, and then extroverted uh, feeling with yellow and red being extroverted thinking. So I've realized at some point of time that different people like different music and it's, and people are very adamant to like a certain type of music. And that kind of like made me question, like why do different people like different music? And one thing that I realized is that um, some pe- uh, people like different emotions, like uh, the extroverted thinkers, they're very goal oriented and they always like motivational music, like hip hop that will really push them. And like in the gym, they just like, you know, lifting heavy weights with the lifting really energetic, angry, a- angry music, you know, because it, it, it gives them that vision to like really push themselves. Same thing with uh, yellows. They love like listening to like happy house music, which is outside, which is just all about summer and like, fun uh, and then there's the introverts who love listening to the chill but optimistic music that will really bring them peace and calm and maybe they meditate with it and then there are the mel- melancholic people who love very sad music because it allows them to deeply connect with their sad feelings um, so with that said I, I wanted to make sure that every time I play a set and I play live I bring together all of these emotions to give people a, an emotional journey almost as if like they went through sadness and then they came out happy and motivated and that's kind of why how Crimson came along and uh, my other alias Rish is more simple more tech house just bangers on bangers just heavy <laughs> hardcore hitting music for the festivals and that's basically it but yeah these are my two aliases and uh yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that i came across uh, all of these uh, uh ideas uh, in my head because they are a direct exp- uh, like representation of who i am and all my emotions and all of my excite- things that excite me about music that is awesome. I, I love how analytical you are. I love how you have, you know, these different colors that represent different things, different emotions, because you're absolutely right. Music, dance music, especially when you're at a show is an experience, right? And and an experience is emotion fueled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear some more of Rishab's music. So first up, we have a track called Morning Calm by Crimson. And I'm going to pass it over to Rishabh. Introduce this, man. What's this about? What inspired it? So essentially with uh, all my music, I try to paint a picture and paint a context so that like people can fill their own emotions with it. You know, like just they can picture something and, uh, and just be a part of the experience rather than just me telling them everything they need to know. So the... With this, I just wanted them to feel what it was like when they, you know, first wake up to and uh, in a nice peace from a nice peaceful sleep, and then you know you're getting the day started and it feels like relaxed and and optimistic. You know, that's the kind of vibe that I was going for with morning calm, and it was as as simple as just sitting down and trying to think of all the all the sounds that. Um, really make me feel calm when I'm listening to other people's music. Uh, and one of those uh, things is, uh, is a nice uh, sustained pad that I like using a lot. Just having a long, you know, chord pat- pattern with uh, that is uh, made with the pad that really, like, you know, brings peace to people with a few, like, stabs here and there in a very simple house music beat. Um, nothing really shouting at you, very subtle, 
the whole point of you know calmness is to have subtleties and not like in your face music like if you look at music there's music that's kind of try to be very apparent to you and that's like for example like really high energy music wants to be very in front of you and apparent to you like it wants to tell you everything you have to feel and very clearly like dubstep and stuff you can see how like loud it is and it's in your face right and that kind of is more of the energy spectrum but then um when you want to just set up the emotions and you become you kind of like you know get away from that a lot and you can move even towards ambient music where it's so subtle but it had so much emotional value to the music so it's almost that track morning calm is almost an ambient version of deep house music that i wanted to put together awesome well next up morning calm by crimson right here on 90.9 cjsw
Welcome back. Welcome back. Today, I am joined here with my friend Rishab, all the way from Toronto, a house music artist joining us here on Rave Dad's Diary. My name is So Divine. You know, I've been here since the top of the hour. So, Rishab, tell us a little bit more. What got you into dance music? Why dance music? Go. Talk to me. Oh, when when I was in um, high school, I was uh, I was always like the odd one out, you know, like the kind of person who listens to, to weird music. Everybody in my high school was listening to hip hop. I was listening to death metal and <laughs> and very like intense music. I was like wearing goth clothes, and nobody understood why why I was doing all of those things. And you went to high school. Cringy. You went to high school in Edmonton. No, in the Middle East, man. I went to high school. school. True. Yeah, imagine, imagine a kid in the (laughs) Middle East dressing goth. (laughs) I stuck out like a sore thumb. It was so funny. I still have some cringy pictures from back then that no one else will see ever again. (laughs) They've been burned and buried. Um, but yeah, so I was always the kind of person who loved like exploring different genres of music that maybe really spoke to my emotions. And that's how I came across like dubstep because I felt like dubstep was like the metal of electronic music. You know, it gave me the same energy of like uh, dancing really hard and um, and uh, just headbanging with the crowd and everybody just, you know, synced up in the amount of energy that they had. Um, so that's how I got into electronic music. But then over time, I'm, I, I was lucky enough to, in, to live in Toronto, which has so many different events that happen. And I got introduced to house music slowly. And I remember this one specific day I went to festival, which is a beautiful music festival. Um, and I, I saw Jamie Jones there and I'm absolutely in love with how he could curate a dance floor and how he could make people move so passionately and so sync like even if someone didn't understand how to dance to that music somehow he played in such a way that everybody somehow figured it out you don't need lessons you just figure it out it just happens and everybody has their own dance moves um and that's why where i fell in love with uh, house music that's when i realized you know what like i really think this is this could be the genre that i want to really focus on and start producing um and uh, get really good at so that's that's how i got into house music and uh, and dubstep and uh, electronic music in general and it all started from me being a weird kid in high school <laughs> that's cool man that's cool because i know like i know you've got the entire software engineering background you went to U of T, you did that you worked as a software engineer do you see those things influencing how you analyze music or how you even be creative um, yeah, definitely. It really helps me to figure out how to break down things because when you're in an analytical field like software engineering and stuff, you really want to really understand every uh, you know tidbit of things. Um, but the biggest lesson that I've learned in music as I've grown is like you got to be able to dissociate yourself from the analytical side um, as well because. I, I figured out as I was growing in my music production journey, I went to concert and I stopped enjoying the concert. Instead, I was just sitting there analyzing what was going on in the music. You know what I mean? I'm sitting there, oh, was he using a sine wave for that? Was he using... <laughs> and then I realized, like, oh, the concert's gone by. I don't remember a single song I was playing, and I was just 
It was just me and <laughs> standing in the corner trying to figure out what the other person was doing. Uh, so one big lesson I learned is like you need to really balance out your thinking and your feeling brain and allow yourself to really feel things. Because when, when you create music, you might learn all the tools, but in order to really make the right song, you need to have you have to, you need to be able to narrow down into that feeling, uh, and you know figure out what feeling you want to give to people or what feeling you feel while you're making the track, which will in turn translate to other people feeling them uh, that feeling when they listen to it. So that was my biggest breakthrough. Is like you know like um, uh, get away from the analytical side as much, but the analytical side definitely helps a lot in learning and learning fast because basically. What I've figured out is the software engineering side of me can help me learn really fast because I can identify the parts of my um, music production journey that I'm lacking in, you know, the skills that I'm lacking, and then systematically approach learning them by taking courses or meeting the right people and asking them the right questions. Um, but then try to get away from that when I'm actually making music to just like, you know, feel out the feelings that I want people to experience. So could you tell us a little bit more about that, the feeling part? Now, I know you mentioned the feeling part is just so important in dance music, although it's all about the groove and, you know, making people move. How do you stop your analytical brain and turn on your feeling brain? Like, how do you do it? Well, it's it's really hard when you're like so caught up in thinking, and you're you're generally like um, when you're generally wired to think like I am. I'm a strong thinker, and I, I'm so like always think, thinking about stuff, solving problems. How do I get to the next step? Um, the best way is to do things that allow you to only focus on one thing. So what what I love doing is I love going for runs, and I have a playlist while I'm running. And when you're running, you, you literally can't focus on anything else except maybe listening to that song and allowing it to, it, it to influence your energy levels while you're running. So whenever my, uh, there's a breakdown, I chill out. And whenever there's a drop, I'm running the fastest speed possible. <laughs> People are like, what's going on with this guy? For a second, he stopped and now he's just booking it. <laughs> what's going on? Uh, but that's that's one way I have learned to feel it. But the other times is just like literally active listening. This is something I've act, I learned from a friend of mine as well. It's like um, just sit down and just listen to music and don't do anything else while you're doing that. Like just... Sit down to really enjoy a piece of music, not while doing other stuff. Because what happens is, is right now we're so wired to multitask. It's always we're always looking for like stimulation on the side. Like while we're cooking, we're putting on music, or while we're reading, we're putting on music, or while we're working, we're putting on music. But you're not really really absorbing the full intensity of that piece of music when you're doing that you know like there's so much value to be gained by just feeling your feelings when you're listening to music and it's almost healing you know uh, but the unfortunate part is now because we are always like craving the maximum amount of stimulation everybody's moving towards videos and they feel like videos are the only thing that can like provide you the stimulation that would satisfy you um, but I've learned over time that emotions uh, are best like 
any good thing that happens generally, it takes a bit of time and uh, it takes a little bit of patience and takes a little bit of focus. So when you apply this to music, it can have a wonderful result. So just put on an hour set that you like listening to. Don't do anything. Just put time off and just listen to that music. And I guarantee you will enjoy that piece of music so much more. Mm. It's just going to be so much more impactful to you. Granted, it's a good artist and they know what they're doing. You, will, It's going to take you on a journey. And that's, you're going to like, and you'll be as satisfied as you were if you would watch a movie or something like that. Because, yeah, music is healing in its own way. Because you can put your own emotions into it. You can put your own visualizations into it. You can have your, like, you can picture your own life with life experiences and compare it to the music to put it together and make a movie out of it yourself. And that's why it's music so beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when you mentioned that, I couldn't help but think about just the quarantine life. And I know at this point, everyone's just kind of ready to come out of quarantine life. But in that, you, you know, you're talking about that overstimulation, you know, we're looking at TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube, all that stuff is just like hijacking, well, new artist discovery, like a lot of new artists are discovered on TikTok and things like that. Where have you seen that industry going? Do you see TikTok being front and center in like a post-pandemic world? Is it even front and center? What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think it is front and center, definitely. At this point of time, it's, you can't ignore it. Um, everything, everything has its pros and cons, obviously. I think like TikTok has done a lot of good as well versus like it. But uh, the one thing that really uh, scares me is the lack of patience we develop when we view short form content, yes. you know, <laughs> yes. it's, that's, the, that's my main concern because wh- at what point do you feel like you're, you have sufficient amount of dopamine if we've reduced the content to like a one second each or three seconds each, when will we feel like it, it uh, in my opinion, it feels like it might trigger like a sense of anxiety that when I'm not looking, something, not getting dopamine every three seconds, I'm just going to be scrolling, trying to figure out that perfect, perfect post. It's like browsing on Netflix forever and never finding the movie you like because you can't deal with anything more than previews. You know, you don't want any, you don't want to commit to anything for more than three seconds because you don't know if that's only enough dopamine. And the reality is the more we train ourselves like to be, so impulsive and to be so uh, driven by uh, instant gratification, uh, the more we lack the ability to actually get the proper full, full gratification from long form content, like, like a full movie or like a full, like a full music set or or a live event. Um, And that's, that's the scary part for me because I feel like there's, definitely place for TikTok, but I just hope that there's like the people who do just, you know, uh, who do browse TikTok also spend some time um, experiencing long form content in, in the form of like full songs and full music sets because how it's influencing, um, unfortunately, money drives uh, a lot of creativity as well. So based on that, Spotify... Uh, has uh, figured out that shorter songs 
do better than a full um, full electronic music song. Right? Generally, you have a, an extended mix and a smaller mix, and that that has kind of forced artists to start making smaller songs um, and put the hook right in the start of the song rather than like introduce it slowly. Um, but that kind of takes away from a lot of the magic of uh, you yeah. know not knowing where the song is gonna go and then realizing wow the song is amazing and before I feel like people are gonna lose out on the experience of listening to a whole album because when when I was a kid I put out a tape and I just listened to this whole like album right and I used in the start when I first bought the uh, tape or the CD and I listened to the songs. I liked a couple songs, but maybe maybe like three weeks from then when I'm still listening to the CD, I've now gone over those songs, but I found three new songs in that same album that I fallen in love with again. Yeah. And I feel like because of this, like the speed at which people are putting out music in very short, uh, short form with the focus on uh, not albums, but rather like EPs or singles, it's just, I think people are just going to lose out on that experience of, you know, having having gone through songs and having a deeper emotional connection to it. Like, people have lesser connection to the music as much as you would have back then. If you go on TikTok, you hear the same songs over and over, just like people all using the same song because it, everybody else uses it. And it's a very trend-focused um, music, uh, driving music. It's more about... What's, it, it becomes a lot more about marketing than it becomes about uh, utilize uh, just actually experiencing the music. And that's why I feel like there needs to be a balance and maybe there's another platform that will be developed which will allow people to be somehow incentivized to listen to longer form content and experiencing it in different ways. One thing that I really am, re- why I emphasize on music concerts so much is that is the experience that forces you to be there and experience the whole set you know like you're now at a concert yes. and you're actually experiencing the whole set so that's why it was, it's so important to have that and i feel like when that happens um it will be a little more balanced because right now all they're doing is consuming online and when you're doing it cons- consistently and when you're doing such short form content it's only going to raise anxiety when you get rid of your phone like try to get rid of your phone without looking at tiktok when you've been browsing it like seven hours a day it's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be rehab for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Th- I mean, you've touched on some big points there. I, I think I absolutely agree around the short form content taking over. And, you know, that the fact that it's kind of exploiting that human dopamine drive makes it so powerful where you see records that are basically unknown, you know, just the algorithm picks them up and now they're charting. Right. And or they have they have the equivalent of millions of dollars of paid exposure, but through this algorithm. And I and I completely agree on that balance front. And I guess like for musicians, it's also a lot of musicians are looking at that as a low hanging fruit. They're like, hey, what is it to me if I make a TikTok banger? Uh, One TikTok banger gets me into the charts and then I can make the music I want. So interesting, 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 interesting. I am excited to hear some more of your music. So next up, we've got Gray Skies by Crimson. So Rishabh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that one? 
Yeah, so Gray Skies came up as a collaboration when I met uh, two of my really good music producer friends, uh, Phelan and Oliver Wickham. So wh one cool thing that I am really proud of is that I started uh, this music mastermind group in Toronto and I recruited four other people who I thought were as dedicated uh, in their pursuit of music and learning and growing and uh, becoming better music producers and becoming better artists as well. And uh, what a mastermind essentially is, is a group of people that collectively uh, meet consistently and make sure we're not blocked on any part of our uh, journey. Neither uh, are we becoming uh, like slacking. You know, we make sure each one of us is held accountable for our goals that we set every month and we meet every month and, you know, we discuss, okay, how many goals have you done? Yeah. Um, okay, you've done three, three of your four goals, you get three stars. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the end, after, if you've, if you've gotten, uh, if you've gotten 10 stars in a span of like three months or four months, I get you a burrito. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like when you're so, a kid and you go to the arcade and you got the tickets and you get a exactly. thousand tickets. You get, yeah, that's and, awesome. And, and instead of a stuffed toy, you get a stuffed burrito, bro. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. 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 Yeah. So, well, that's the that's what... Uh, so, Matt, uh, who's failing, and uh, Oliver Wickham are part of this uh, music mastermind. And we got together and just it just happened that we like sometimes you sit in a studio together and you can't come up with anything but with these guys it just it was so quick the entire process of finishing a song we literally finished the song in a day and then we pitched it to house music with love a label owned by my uh, good friend alex esser in sweden and uh he pitched it to a few remix artists who are very well known in europe namely Gorge, um, uh, Pandora, and my friend Ash, who's also in uh, in our music mastermind, and all three of them blew our minds with their remixes and how beautiful they were. Um, yeah, so this this came out very naturally, and again, Grey Skies, and uh, same thing as Morning Calm. It's all about the emotions. Grey Skies is like maybe things aren't looking up right now. Things aren't great, you're not feeling great. It's a very blue song, but you will feel better soon. You know, things, hope will come, things will get better. So green going, uh, blue going into green color. That's how great gray skies came around. Awesome, awesome. So let's tune in right now to Gray Skies by Crimson right here on CJSW 90.9 FM.
Welcome back to Rave Dad's Diary. My name is So Divine. I am guest filling for Mr. Paul Brooks. I am joined here today by one of my good friends, Rishabh Saxena, all the way from Toronto, house music producer and just savant, joining us here live via Zoom. Rishabh, how you feeling, man? I'm feeling great, man. I got my Gatorade, which matches my shirt, by the way. It's awesome. not a coincidence. Colors is everything for me, but and yeah, man, I'm really enjoying this interview. Thanks for having me, by the of way. Of course, of course, man. We're we're excited to have you. We're lucky to have you. And I know you've seen so much success in dance music. You've been to different dance music conferences all over the world. You've been all over Europe, uh, South America. Like you've done it. So, what's your insight? How far do artists need to go when they're coming up to succeed? What are some stories that you've got that you you know you had to do something? To get something in someone's hands to make it happen. <laughs> it's funny you ask me this question because the one story really pops up in my mind. <laughs> it just specifically fits this exact question. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> in this in this industry, honestly, right now with the amount of producers, um, the, the gateway to entrance is so small. All you need is a laptop and you need some software in order to make music. You really need to push all your mental boundaries to get yourself to the place that you want to go in, in terms of your music goals. Uh, and you need support system, and, but mostly you need to make sure that you're pushing all the boundaries that you need to and you're doing everything that you need to and not being apologetic about it and not being afraid to do things that you need to do. So I, I, so I know I talked about Jamie Jones before. I saw I'm in festival, and that's when I decided that, you know, like I really liked house music. So one of my dreams is always to get signed to his labels, Hot Creations. So I put together an EP and I worked for years on perfecting my sound and getting um, really good on music production and finally had four songs on me. And I had to find out how to get my music to him. Now, I, Hot Creations doesn't have a demo inbox because it, it's so popular that it's probably really hard for uh, Jamie to, you know, uh, deal with incoming, uh, you know, so some people exclusively don't accept uh, demos through email. So for that, I had to figure out how to get my uh, music to him. And I found out, I looked online, I went to his profile and I found that he was playing in Barcelona in the month to come. And I was like, okay, I'm in Toronto. And book my flights to Barcelona. Okay, I booked my flights to Barcelona. Where is he playing? He's playing at Off Week Festival Sonar. Okay, can I get tickets? Tickets are all sold out. I tell my friend who was planning to go there. I ask her, hey, do you know how I can get tickets to Sonar? Luckily, she worked at uh, uh, she worked at uh, uh, what do you call it? A wristband uh, company that administers money to music festivals. You know, in music festivals, you go and use a wristband for money or whatever and uh, pay pay vendors. That's so right. she worked at that. She's like, I can get you a, a ticket, but I can't get you a backstage ticket. So I was like, okay, that's one step closer. I'll figure it out when I get there. I get to the festival. Jamie Jones is playing. I'm having a great time. And I hear him play this one song, his Bob Moses remix. And I know that's his like last song because that's his melodic song. And he plays that during 
every time to end his sets. I was like, okay, now's my time. So I go to I, I go to um, the entrance of the VIP uh, part of the festival, and there's a guard there, and he's looking at everybody's wristband. And my wristband doesn't have to be a B, so he stops me. <laughs> And I'm like, I, I, I panic and I'm like, oh, I have to go meet Jamie Jones, have a meeting with him. Uh, and here's my manager. I point to my friend and my friend's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have to go see him. Please let me throw uh, through. And the guy says, no, no, no. And he says something in Spanish. And I say, no, I have Espanol. And he can't speak English. So I kind of figure out that he can't read English either. So I bring up my text mess- text messages and I pick my first friend that I see a message. And I'm like, see, I have, I have, I have a meeting <laughs> with Jamie Jones. I have to go, go talk to him. Look at this message. Look, look at this. And he's trying to read it, but I know he can't, he's not conscious and uh, like, he's not able to comprehend it. So he's like, no, no, no. So I start calling my friend. And I'm like, I have to call Jamie Jones. I have to, I have to go Jamie Jones. <laughs> The guy starts panicking at this point. So he's like, okay, talk to my boss who's in the other entrance of the VIP section. I was like, okay, okay, another option. So I go to the other side and I see this guy's boss. At this point of time, the song has ended and people are starting to leave the festival. So I, I, I walk to the VIP entrance. I see the boss. The boss looks at me. I look at, me, I look at him in the eye. I smile and I put my hand on his shoulder and I walk right in. <laughs> mission, mission one accomplished. I thought, yeah, yes, I'm in. Now I can just give my USB to Jamie. Wrong. There was a backstage area. And at this point of time, two security guys were getting everybody to leave the backstage area. So I, I, I processed all the things that I had learned in this fraction of like the last two minutes. I was like, the only strategy I have is the strategy I'm going to go with. I look at the guy, the security guy, like telling everybody to leave. I, I lock eye contact. I smile at him. I put my hand on his shoulder. Walk right in. <laughs> two out of two tests pass. My friend is with me the whole time. At this one time, Jamie's packing his stuff, and uh, he's behind a small like fence area. So I duck under the fence area. I go in, and I say the first thing that comes out of my. Uh, comes out of my mouth when I see him. And at this point in time, I hadn't re- rehearsed anything. And what I did, it was I made fun of his shirt. I'm like, yo, your shirt is so <laughs> eat pizza, mate, because he, was, he had all those palm trees on his shirt. And he's like, you taking the piss, mate? And uh, that's it, man. We just connected. And he asked us to come to his after party where he played back-to-back with Masioplex. I gave him my USB. And he's like, this is a really nice USB, mate. You want me to keep it? And I was like... Yeah, I take care of my friends. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then we're, we've been on correspondence through email. Um, since then, he, he told me his email and uh, his personal email, and I've been sending music. That music wasn't signed, but that's just a sign that, you know, like you just need to continue working on your music. But you need to be able to go through that kind of stuff. Like, you, you know, producers are on the same level. You need to be able to get your music in the hands of people, which means you need to network your uh, ass off. You need to work hard on uh, every aspect of it, including marketing and having presence, collaborating, everything that you need to do. You just need to do to get to that point, you know? And that's how I got my music to Jamie Jones. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely love that story. And I, and I love how you, you know, you saw the show and you just booked a flight. You're like, all right, I'm going. Like, this, this is the only way forward. Uh, that's amazing. And now, see, like, th- 
the thing that is exciting about that, I guess, is because there's just so much possibility. You know, anything can happen. And if you keep pushing for it, uh, something's going to break through. And on that front, I want to ask you, you know, what's next? What's coming up? What's new? Yeah, so I have a lot of uh, I have a lot, a lot of music coming out, both as uh, Rish and as Crimson. With Crimson, I, I have an EP coming out on Nora on Pure's label, Purified, which I'm really excited about because it's a melodic piece. It's a song that I wrote with Jordan Arts, who's a phenomenal vocalist. And I, he, I wrote a song with, where I incorporated the guitar and I made it very emotional. It's called I Still Think of You because it's a sad song where I'm rem- reminiscing about, you know, my past, some people that I still think about. Uh, and, uh, and Jordan did such a good job with the vocals. He captured that feeling so perfectly. Um, I swear anyone who listens to this song is going to think about their exes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Guaranteed. And um, yeah, it has, uh, it has two amazing remixes uh, with Return of the Jaded as well as Me Salome. We're going to be on remix duties now. Me Salome is really coming up on, in the progressive and deep house uh, um, scene in Europe. And Return of the Jaded is another fellow Canadian who's already established himself as a very solid producer. And I was really excited to have them both uh, on this EP. And I'm really excited to be on Nora Pure's label. She's a huge DJ and a really nice person in general. Uh, and I'm also going to go see her live at Day Trip Festival. I might have to sneak back just the way I have to in, in my other story, but well, you, you know now how I am prepared. You know how to get back there. It's just a hand on the shoulder. That's it. That's the way. Shoulder and smile. That's it. <laughs> well, talk Nobody about that trick, please. This is mine. <laughs> Yeah, no. Anybody listening, do not use that trick. It definitely does not work if you're not rich. That's <laughs> that's how it is. Um, well, wicked. So let's let's hear something a bit more bit more upbeat from you. So the next track I want to play is called "Face to Face" by your Deep House alias, Rish. So why don't no, you tell tech us a little bit alias, about Tech House alias? Sorry, it's, it's tech, tech House alias. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah. So so face to face is is more of the high energy music, you know, the kind of stuff that I love listening to in a festival where I'm just like raising my hands in the middle of the breakdown and it's all like, uh, everybody's going nuts. And and then there's a huge drop that really, you know, just moves the entire dance floor and the baseline shakes, shakes the entire club. It's not an, an emotional track per se. It's all about the energy. It's not about like, you know, feeling something. It's more about just dancing and letting go and shuffling. You know, it's the groove. It just like moves you to the core. I released this one on uh, on Graham Farmer's Data Transmissions label um, called Boost Weapons. And it's a, it's a really heavy hitting track. I, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to test this on the, in a club because uh, by the time it was released, uh, everything got locked down, but I can't wait to play this out. And uh, it's one of those tracks that can be played out in, in clubs. And it's a free download, so go ahead uh, go ahead and uh, grab it if you want to. It's on my SoundCloud. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a club banger, and it will guarantee you to shake the dance floor. Amazing. So next up is Face to Face by Rish right here on 90.9 CJSW FM.
Welcome back to Rave Dad's Diary. My name is So Divine, filling in for Mr. Paul Brooks, and I'm joined here with my very good friend, Rishabh Saxena, all the way from Toronto. House producer, you just heard a track called Face to Face by his tech house alias, Rish. Rishabh, how excited are you to have live shows back post-pandemic? Imagine, like, um, you know, a caterpillar just like comes out of its larva for the very first time and realizes that it has wings. I cannot wait. You have no idea. It's like, it's like, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're making tracks in your studio and you're just trying to imagine the dance floor and how, how much it would impact the dance floor, how it will make people, will it make people dance and stuff? The reason people make a lot of good music that fits the dance floor is because they, they're on the dance floor all the time, you know? So the longer you're away from the dance floor, the more dissociated you are. So it's really, you're just hanging out to a memory of a dance floor. <clears throat> so it can get a little hard to like fit exactly the vibe you're trying to go for and fit the experience, you know, and uh, try to understand how you could play out your music in the set. So in short, I am dying to go to, go to go and see live music. And my first show is going to be first, uh, uh, event that I'm going to just go to experience is going to be day trip LA. Um, and I can't wait to start playing shows in Toronto. Yeah, man. Like I think everybody's really fed up of the whole situation, especially musicians losing so much, uh, their entire careers that they make over a span of 10, maybe 20 years suddenly just get like stopped. Like I have had friends who worked so hard that first step of first level of momentum to find out that the first not going to happen. And then in a half years, so it almost stops the momentum in their whole career. So it's, a, it's definitely a struggle, but uh, I, I think everybody's very hopeful. And I think the dance worlds are going to be packed um, twice as full because just because how much people miss things. And the one thing, one positive Thing that was going to come out from all of this is that we're going to appreciate our normal life a lot more because when we, it was taken away from us now we realize what we could do like what what we had <laughs> absolutely well yeah i hope that i hope that happens and i hope it happens fast i know that with the vaccination rate coming up so quickly i know in alberta july 1st everything's opening according to the government right now so we'll see hopefully in ontario things are accelerating and i wanted to ask you as kind of a a last but heavy ish question heavy as in it, it can go it can go as deep as you want or it can be as short as you want but in your expert opinion what is the most important ingredient in dance music today mm, what what most important in- create in dance music today. I think authenticity is the number one thing that I would focus on, you know, in dance music. I think there's a lot of trends that come and go. There's a lot of there's a lot of different ways people can approach music, but nothing stands out stronger than authenticity. To just show people who you are, to be very true to yourself. And that transcends the entire dance music culture as well as the artist side of it. So not only do music producers appreciate 
uh, like benefit from being authentic. Um, even the culture benefits from it because everybody in the audience understands what authenticity is and showing authentic emotions is really important. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Well, Risha, thank you so much for joining us. I had a blast talking to you about dance music. I loved your insights on all the specificities, how dance music is going to change. Love your stories. Thank you so much for being here. I had, I had such a great time here too. Just talking about that, uh, telling that story is the funnest thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, I hope I hope people enjoyed my music and. Uh, um, I hope to keep in touch with you soon. And yeah, everybody just focus on authenticity. Everything will come. Love it. Love it. And if people want to hear your music, what should they do? Where should they go? What should they search? Um, they should look for Crimson on Spotify or they can look for Rish with um, brackets CA on Spotify as well because I'm from Canada. And you got to put the CA because there's a lot of riches in the world. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> you can also find me on Spotify at Crimson Music and uh, The Rich Music. And yeah, and Instagram as well, Crimson Music at The Rich Music. Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, you heard the man. Check out his Instagram.